the trill teaches you this calm kind of teaches you that you know the mayhem and all the information being shoved in your face all the time it's just not really that important in the long run a lot of things are important but you really don't need very much to be happy fresh air food water shelter that's pretty much it Welcome back to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek. I am your host, Zach Badger Davis. The trail is my teacher. Perhaps one of the most underrated aspects of a long distance backpacking trip is the time it allows someone to be with their thoughts. It's not uncommon for the time and space to allow for a breakthrough or even just seeing old problems in a new light. Today, we learn what lessons our hikers have learned over the course of their time on trail. Enjoy. Hey guys, it's Trash Panda coming at you from Manhattan and Yuchi Land, I believe. I'm not positive. Um, I'm at mile 1930-something. I don't know. I've got less than 300 miles um, until Springer, and that's all I've got to go off of. Woo! Anyway, so today I'm supposed to be talking about lessons learned on trail. And honestly, like... It takes me a really long time sometimes uh, to process what exactly I got out of a life experience. And I feel like the trail is definitely going to be one of those where just for months and months, um, I'm gonna be reflecting on it and really piecing it apart. Um, But I don't know, I guess a lot of what I've seen is how my brain works um, and how different situations make me feel. Um, I've learned a lot about how I interact with others out here and learned like just how great and fulfilling some relationships can be, um, even with people that you've only known for a ridiculously short amount of time. Um, I've gotten better at backpacking. I've learned more about my system, my setup, thought of ways that I can go a little bit lighter. If I was, you know, talking to my younger self, like six months ago, I don't know, Um, like before I started the 100 mile way back when, um, I probably would have like changed out some gear. I mean, ultimately I went from a hammock to a tent um, and I reevaluated some of my cold weather setups. I've realized that I just, as soon as I stop moving, I'm a frozen popsicle. As soon as I start moving, I'm on fire. Um, I still haven't figured out my shoe game. Uh, I always end up with rubs on the backs of my feet and uh, have not figured out a way to make that not a thing. Um, but I have learned how to patch it up. Sorry, I'm walking, there's leaves. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry that I can't give you guys more of an insight as to what exactly I've gotten out of this journey. I know I've gotten a lot out of it, but that's 
that's for me and my therapist right now. <laughs> um, no, it's it's just going to take me a while to really reflect on all of it. Um, but yeah, I should be done within the next two weeks. It looks like we'll finish before Christmas. And I'm really hopeful about that. Uh, I think that on the whole, that this is, has been a really great experience for me. And I'll probably do more long-distance backpacking in the future. Um, but I, I need to decompress before I can really talk about all of it. So hopefully I'll get another shot. Thank you, guys. Bye. Hello, everybody. This is Be Positive here. I am south of San Jacinto. Um past the 150 mile mark so close to the border we stopped by paradise cafe today and the food was oh so good um today i guess i'm supposed to share about things that i've learned on the trail um and i guess a a a little bit of information that you should know about me i have done two month-long trails before this and my experience in those trails has been um kind of like a getaway from life. All of the things that have bothered me, um, that has stressed me out, I've gotten kind of a break from all of that. Um, But my experience on the trail this time has been very different. Um, It feels kind of like every problem that I had in life off trail was under a magnifying glass like it blew up like you're you're stuck in a um like a building with all of your problems and you can't really get out um which in some regards has been really good because it's allowed me to see a little bit more clearly things that I've been working on in counseling the last few years um In some ways, it's been really challenging because now I have to deal with all this stuff on the trail and I've been trying to find answers and having trouble finding answers. Um, I am very empathic, so I like feel everybody around me and I love people so much. Um, But then like once problems occur between different people that I'm around on the trail, um, I tend to feel all of that and really want to help the people around me. And then it just saps everything from me. And so I, the only thing I found I can do is just to go walk by myself. Um, and that's been really interesting to like, look at that and look at my past history and to see that happening. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned out of that, that I'm going to be taking with me is, um, that it's not my responsibility and that I, it, I can't necessarily let it go because the emotions just automatically, I'm like a sponge, like they come. I can't prevent them from coming. I can't prevent feeling other people's sadness or anger or confusion. Like I just, I just take that stuff on. Um, but I can walk away and have some space by myself. Um, and I think I've learned a lot about relationships and how important it is to respect that other people's decisions about what they do is their decision. And even though it's leading them into places where they're experiencing a lot of pain, I have to let them 
go on their own journey, you know? Um, on the flip side of that, I've also learned, like, it's just been reinforced how much I love people. And I'm traveling with, like, the nerdiest, greatest bunch of guys right now. And it's so much fun. Um, it's Halloween today, and we all dress <laughs> as um, luchadors <laughs> from Nacho Libre. And um, it's been just, like, so much fun. I love getting to know all the different characters on the trail. Um, I might feel like a creepster sometimes because sometimes I'm just in the background listening and observing, but um, I do delight in watching people and their own unique nerdiness. So that's been really cool. Um, I've also learned that I'm not really a huge party person and I don't really like um, town days that much. I would much rather be on the trail. And I discovered that really strongly when I was heading into Cascade Locks and I'm, I'm from Portland. And so I had planned to meet with my mentor and a few people that I was really close to. Um, and it happened to work out that I was going to have to spend three days in town. And I remember coming over the pass towards Cascade Locks with just my heart sinking. <laughs> I didn't want to go into town. I, I and and every time I have gone into town, and once I go over the 24-hour mark, I'm just itching to get back on trail again. Which this is going to be a challenge after I've done 150 more miles and I get off trail because I'm going back to school and I'm going to have to face that I'm going to just going to have to figure out how to study and I get the same time or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so those are some of the things I learned. And, um, I guess just my recommendation out of that is for people getting, thinking about doing the trail soon or getting ready to go on the trail, really know yourself, start seeking out what are your insecurities? What are the things that bother you? And, and what are some, practical ways that you can work through those things when you're on the trail, because a lot of times those things hit you right square in the face and you can't escape them. So knowing kind of what those things are can help you, um, tackle them on the trail and grow stronger in the process. So that when you get off trail, you're a little bit stronger. Um, I don't necessarily feel like I have everything all worked out, with things that I'm learning, but I at least feel like I'm a little bit stronger and like I know a little bit more. So that's what I have to share. What's up Trek listeners? My name is Cal, trail name Starburst, pronouns they, them. I'm approximately 250 miles from the end of this epic journey on the Continental Divide Trail. And today's episode is about reflecting on lessons learned over the course of our through hikes. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I've been having a little difficulty thinking about, articulating, recognizing what earth-shattering, profound lessons I've learned and changes I've undergone. I've been wanting to tell you in this episode about how I'm such a radically different person I was than when I started this trek at the Canadian border four and a half months ago. 
And I've just been thinking, I can't make shit up for you. I don't know. <laughs> Am I a different person? What the hell have I learned over the past, you know, two and a half, 3,000 miles that I've walked from Canada to Mexico? Have I changed at all? Have I learned anything? <laughs> Am I a different person? So I've been stuck a bit thinking about what to talk about. And then I realized that I'm lacking perspective on this reflection. I think we can all relate to the experience of not really seeing any change in our lives, not seeing the ways that we've grown and developed. But it doesn't hit you like a brick wall at once. It's not, there's no like come to Jesus moment on the top of a mountain on trail. Okay, there was, but that was probably just the shrooms. But regardless, that's usually not how change works. And as we're getting close to the end of this journey, I'm imagining this romantic Hollywood ending of this of this trek where I, you know, I fall to my knees in front of the monument and I weep tears of joy because I'm just a different person and living a different life. And that's just not how change works. So in preparation for this episode, I've been reflecting back on how I felt at the start of this journey. I've been going back in time to get some clarity on exactly how I've changed. And I, re I was looking back through my old journal entries and remembering how I felt at the start of this trip, which was so long ago, it's hard to remember, but I remembered that I was terrified. The, <laughs> the plane ride from Los Angeles to Montana, I felt like I was gonna vomit the whole time. I was so nervous and I felt so much doubt that I wasn't going to finish, that I wasn't strong enough to do this. And now here I am about, two, you know, 250 miles from the end. And of course I can do this. I fucking did it, you know, but I just wake up and I walk and I don't really see how I don't have that perspective of I thought that I couldn't do this. I really thought I couldn't do it. I didn't know if I could. And now I know I can. And then I thought back even further to why I even chose to be on this trail. And I thought about my last failed through hike on the Appalachian Trail. And the reason it failed is because I was a victim of sexual assault and harassment by multiple hikers on trail. I had a really traumatic experience that led to me, you know, having PTSD in the wake of that. And I decided I have to through hike the way that I set out to through hike in the beginning. And I need to do this again to make new memories. And I have to through hike again to prove that I am not the victim of these unfortunate experiences, but that I am a survivor and that I will continue to thrive despite the traumatic incidents that I faced on trail. And I've had nightmares on this through hike of, you know, flashbacks and nightmares of those traumatic things that happened to me the last time I was hiking. And I realized I'm a badass <laughs> and I've healed 
and I faced those things head on. I faced those fears and I didn't run away. I ran at them. I've just been doing that so long. I lost that perspective. And then I thought about how two weeks into the start of this through hike, we found two stray dogs who had been neglected and abused. And we chose to rescue those dogs and make them a part of our hike and a part of our family. And how that was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do on trail. But that's just our lives every day now. <laughs> Hiking is a reflection of life. And in life, change doesn't happen when you're struck by lightning and yell, Eureka! I'm a different person. Change is slow and gradual and often painful. And just because we don't consciously realize we're changing doesn't mean it's not happening. Kind of how on our hike, the natural environment changes so slowly, we lose the perspective that two weeks ago, we were up to our knees in snowdrift. And currently I'm talking to you surrounded by cacti in the low desert of New Mexico. So how did I get from there to here? It didn't happen overnight. And this hike, a through hike is like a chrysalis where you're slowly evolving every day. And I know that I've emerged a better version of myself on the other side, even if previously I lacked the perspective of how, of the caterpillar that I started as. This hike has brought me closer to who I am and who I want to be and it has made me stronger at advocating for those things because this hike has also reminded me that life is short and fragile. I'm not a singer, but I wanna leave you with the song that I've listened to more than anything else on this trip. And I think it's reflective of how I'm choosing to live my life following this incredible journey. It's the Casey Musgrave song, Die Fun. And if you haven't heard it, well, I apologize. I'm going to sing the chorus for you. The part that resonated with me the most goes, We can't do it over. We say it's now or never and all we're ever getting is older. Before we get to heaven, baby, let's give them hell. We might as well. Cause we don't know when we're done So let's love hard, live fast, die fun And I think that's a pretty great reflection of the way that I want to live my life The rest of my life Once I finish this goddamn long ass trail Jesus! I just want to be done! <laughs> anyway, I love you Thanks for being a part of this journey Howdy, this is Rooster from Silver City, New Mexico. And me and the Chuck are in our second to last town for the trip. And it's kind of unbelievable. Um, right now it's looking like we're gonna finish this in exactly four months. I think we're aiming to get our shuttle for the 22nd of October. And we started on June 22nd. Uh, so it's it's just wild. I, we really thought this trip was going to take us until the middle of November, um, but we've just been cruising right along. Unlike a lot of our 
our past through hikes, we've taken almost no days off, but I really haven't felt the need to. We've uh, we've just been kind of kind of rolling on through. But anyway, today's podcast is about uh, the lessons learned on the through hike. What I've got from the CDT is pretty pretty similar to what I've pulled out of my other trails, which is uh, coming out. There is, I think, for a lot of people going into any huge, you know, monumentous task, there's like this kind of imposter syndrome that looms over you for a while in the beginning. And uh, something the trail teaches you or has taught me uh, time and time again is if I just put my mind to something, I can do it. And, you know, Chuck and I are lucky to have each other as a support system. And we've, you know, both been able to lift each other up throughout this trail whenever we've needed it. Uh, And because of that, I think, you know, we're finishing pretty strong. We're both still happy to be out here. Um, We're not in a huge rush to get the trail over with. We're we're actually slowing down and taking some zeros now to kind of enjoy uh, the last little bit. But yeah, the trail, it's its taught me in the past, you know, you could do what you put your mind to, but uh, the trail kind of teaches you something else that I don't even know how to put into words. And I think if you're listening to this, you're probably interested enough in backpacking uh, and hiking that you know what this feeling is, but there's just, there's just something you get when you're out in the wilderness you don't need to be out for four months or six months. You know, you could do it for a week. Uh, the trail teaches you this calm. Kind of teaches you that, you know, the mayhem and all the information being shoved in your face all the time. It's just not really that important in the long run. A lot of things are important, but you really don't need very much to be happy. Fresh air, food, water, shelter. That's pretty much it. If you haven't had the chance to experience that, I challenge people to get out for a, a, you know, just a week long backpacking trip. And, you know, nature teaches you a lot. It's very healing. And if you if you're unable to backpack, you know, uh, a car camping trip, uh, uh, you know, a commitment to go walk in the park or, or something for a few days a week. But I think, yeah, I mean, this trail's just taught me that, you know, I need to keep the outdoors as part of my lifestyle. Uh, It is just so important to my mental health. You know, I'll probably go back to gardening and guiding after this trip's over just to try to keep that uh, in my life. But unfortunately, I'd love to give some huge lesson on... uh, this wonderful thing that the trails taught me it's just taught me that i need i need the trail uh or i need the outdoors which is something i already knew i highly encourage if you can get out there for any amount of of nature do it it'll be good for you um but those are my thoughts on that um oof the end of the trail is just right around the corner uh, we've got Lordsburg is our last town, and then I think it's about 85 or 90 miles to uh, to the border. So the ends the ends near, uh, and it's bittersweet. I could I could hike another. I don't know. It would be nice if it, <laughs> we had another state or something, but uh, here we are. Anywho, 
that's all for now. This is Rooster, signing out. Hey Trekkers, uh, this is Katmandu, and uh, this is Lessons Learned. Um, so I'm going to use a baseball analogy because when I think of California, I think of the Dodgers and then I think of Clayton Kershaw and I think what a curve that guy can throw. Well, California, it was that guy. Um, you know, I pretty much sailed through Washington and Oregon. Um, things were going great. Um, tagged the border of California, got to Syed Valley and knew I would have uh, fire closures and was hoping to kind of fill in the gaps in between fires, basing um, our strategy on air quality and trying to minimize mileage lost on trail. Um, got the Syad and that decision was already made. They completely closed um, 577 miles of trail. Um, so essentially all the way to Sonora Pass um, was closed. So I called an audible. Um, we went and we hit the California Coast Trail and hiked that through the coastal redwoods, which was just absolutely amazing. Hiked along the beach. Um, it was really good. And then um, that hike became more of a road walk. And by then, I was pretty much ready to get to the Sierras because um, I was so eagerly anticipating that. So the fire closure really was kind of the, a slow curve. We kind of saw it coming. We knew about it. Um, but then, you know, it broke really hard. So, you know, we had plan B. Um, got on trail um, at, uh, got to Kennedy Meadows and got on trail at Sonora Pass. And when you're there, instantly you're greeted with 11,000 foot elevation. Um, so I went from sea level a couple of days earlier to 11,000 feet, um, feeling strong, but feeling, feeling a little lightheaded for sure. Uh, lack of air, um, struggling on, um, some of my climbs. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of days into that, I conferred with some, some other people that I knew from the trail. Um, and, uh, it made me feel great because I was not the only person struggling for air. We all were. Um, so we're still doing respectable miles in the 20s um, to start the Sierras. Um, so we were moving along pretty good. Um, I gave myself um, foolishly um, thinking about the mileage I had done. Four days to get from Sonora to Mammoth Lake. Um, turned out it took four days to get to Ptolemy Meadows. Um at Soda Spring um, that morning going to the meadows, um, I ran into once again uh, two other uh, Trek correspondents, um, Moss and Ibex, um, who I've been bumping into um, off and on since really uh, Northern Cascades, two really super hikers. Um, and uh, Ibex came up to me and she said, you know, Kat, did you hear the news? And I said, no. And I was having a little side note. I was just having an amazing day. Uh, I was at Glen Allen uh, Falls that night. I had camped, you know, it was only like eight and a half miles away. I camped there. It had a beautiful evening. It dropped down into the low 30s. It just was a great night for sleep. Just a great trail in the morning. Just very reflective day going into Ptolemy Meadows. Looking forward to a frozen breakfast burrito that got microwaved and a cup of coffee. Um, and Ibex said they, 
Forest Service closed the trail uh, for 17 days. Um, kind of shattered our world. So that was definitely the fast curve that looked like it was in a strike zone. It just rose up high and everybody swung wildly and missed wildly. Um, the rest of the day was kind of spent, you know, coming up with plans. Do we stay? Do we go? Do we wait it out? Talked to rangers, tried to get intel, looked at maps, um, looked at logistics. I would say 90% of the people in that uh, early Sobo group elected to either head to the CDT, some even the AT, and some the Colorado Trail, and some the Arizona Trail. And people mobilized very quickly. I was I was surprised at how quick people went. Um, I really wanted to think about it. I hiked back in because in Ptolemy Meadows, you're only allowed one overnight in the campground as a PCT hiker. So instead of using that up, I went back into the woods. Also, I'm a numbers guy, a numbers, I should say nerd. Um, I went back 3.5 miles in knowing that that seven miles would give me 1,100 miles if I terminated my hike. And kind of in the stillness of the evening as I'm eating my dinner, I decided that I was going to terminate the hike. Um, I didn't want to wait 16 days to find out on a whim of some uh, forester that uh, we're either going to delay it a couple weeks or going to open it. Rangers had told us that it would take a significant event to open it early. Um, and that would either be rain or snow. I hadn't seen a single cloud in the Sierras, so I doubted the rain. And snow was a couple months off, even though my last night was 26 degrees and I slept with my Sawyer. Um, snow would be a ways off. So, you know, um, I couldn't think of any other trail I really wanted to, to get onto. Um, you know, my initial plan was to finish the trail. I thought I was in the clear uh, at Sonora. I'm like, I'm looking all the way to Mexico. It's clear. I'm away from the fire, away from the smoke. It, this should work out well. So that was my curve. So my lesson learned is California throws some really tight curves. Some are high and wild. Some are right in the strike zone. Um, but I guess you got to keep on swinging. Um, some friends of mine, the Wonder Women, um, they were supposed to start the week before me uh, at Hearts Pass. And, you know, when everybody got their PCT permit, there was 120 inches of snow at Hearts Pass. And I watched snow tell just tick down, tick down to nothing. And literally it was at zero the day I started. Um, since they started a week, potentially they were starting a week earlier. What they ended up doing was they started um, a little bit earlier than that. And they went to, um, I think it was either Chester or Bernie. Um, and they hiked NorCal because, uh, if you remember right, it was a low snow year in the Sierras. And by the end of June, it was all cleared out, pretty much gone. So they did hit NorCal. Um, they did um, all the way to to Canada. And actually, they were coming back to Kennedy Meadows um, when I was in Yosemite. So they weren't far behind me. And I thought their plan was brilliant because um, hiking NorCal you know, early you get, you get that risk of fire closure kind of out of the way. Um, snow is abated in Washington by the time you get up there and then you hop back down, go through the Sierras and hit the desert, um, in October. I just thought that was a brilliant idea. And I'm like, man, I should have really paid attention. And I think that's the lesson learned is that, um, and I knew you had to be flexible going on a PCT. It's just such a dynamic trail. There's too many variables, but the curveball definitely was, we did not see the closure. Um, and there really wasn't, when they closed it at that time, there was no fire south of 
of um, Sonora Pass. Um, and I told, you know, my scenario or, or my, um, what I was telling people is it's like closing Georgia because Florida is going to have a hurricane. I live in Florida. We always have hurricanes. That's reality. But to close Georgia because Florida might have a hurricane is like closing the PCT because I don't know, the Sonoran desert might catch on fire. Um, I get resources. I get closures. I respect them. Obviously I came off a trail because of them, but at the same time, you know, you got to manage wisely because you're not just turning away hikers that, you know, that's their life dream. It's their goal to hike the trail and there's no threat to the environment, um, the ecology or anything for them to continue on. Um, but, you know, you're going to close it because, you know, you're concerned about your your resources. Maybe you need to manage them better is my question. Um, you know, I was a manager my whole career and I manage resources of all different kinds. Um, and you know, you got to plan and think ahead. Um, you, you know, the climate's changing, you're getting fires every year, you know, have a contingency plan. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one thing they, they don't have, but I think hiking the PCT, um, to, to go from A to, to Z, to hike that trail in its entirety is going to be a major, um, a major issue moving forward. I mean, look at our runner Olson, you know, he couldn't even do it. Um, you know, you have to kind of, you know, call an audible, you have to be flexible. Um, and then you have to kind of expect the unexpected. And that's what happened to us. You know, like I was willing to for the forego those 577 miles, I made up a bunch on the coastal trail. I did a bunch of in and outs. I did a bunch of day hikes on my days off that I zeroed. Um, I came into the trail with 350 miles backpack this spring, long trail, Benton Mackay. And my plan was to um, finish up the desert and then hit the Benton Mackay. And then I would have been something like 150 miles shy of the 2650 that the uh, PCT has. And that would have been in my mind, you know, that would have been, a, that I would have accepted that as a through hike for, for the way I hike. I would have been fine with that. Um, so I struck out this time, but you know, I'm going to have another at bat. And, uh, when I do that, I'll be going Nobo and, um, hopefully I can, I can get through NorCal. Um, picking up what I would have missed anyway, um, in 2022. Um, so that's, that's my plan. Um, and the nice thing is, you know, I started so late that I can do it within a calendar year. So to me, it'll still be, um, a through hike so I can salvage it. I just feel bad for family members and friends that, that can't do that. They don't have that flexibility. And I feel bad for the small businesses that lost, so much of the the Sobo um, business coming through. I stopped at base camp in Independence on the way to um, Long Beach, and they were, I was the first Sobo they had seen. And you know, they obviously weren't counting me. I just stopped by, um, but you know, they were telling me they had a major struggle last year with COVID. Um, they had a pretty good spring with all the Nobos, but they were really needing the Sobos and. You know, they'll see a few, I'm sure, when things open up. I mean, as of today, um, the uh, 15th, they did just say, hey, we just opened up two days earlier. But that's very misleading because it's still closed all the way to Mexico. Um, you know, the, the other the other areas, um, 
you know, that they open, the only one they open that's south of Yosemite is Inyo um, National Forest. All the other ones are still closed all the way to through the desert uh, to Mexico. Um, so very discouraging. Um, but that's a lesson learned is California can be, it can be tough um, in the sense that, you know, you can plan um, and uh, it's just going to laugh at you. So you really kind of have to be, you know, more flexible with what you're going to do. Um, and I think going forward, I think people that utilize flip-flopping and, and have, you know, a real good strategy can make it. I mean, the Wonder Women, I thought, had an amazing strategy. Who would have known they would have closed down from Yosemite to Mexico? And so they're in the same boat and they ended up going to uh, Colorado Um and uh, did some did the Colorado Trail, and I wish them well. I wish all my family members and followers and supporters well. Thanks for following me on the trek, and uh, hope to see you in the future. Hey everyone, this is Link checking in from the Continental Divide Trail. It's day 115, and I am just outside of Silver City, New Mexico. I just walked through the lower Gila River today and yesterday, Um, a really well-known and beautiful alternate off the CDT. And I'm camped just right outside Silver City, going to head into town tomorrow. It will most likely be the last time that I uh, spend a night in a town before the end. Um, today, the episode is about lessons learned, um, things that I learned on this this through hike. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been quite the year for me having done the Appalachian Trail and the Continental Divide Trail. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that I've learned that I won't know until I finish and probably things that I'll realize I learned weeks, months, even years down the line. Um, But I wrote down a few of the most profound things that I learned. Um, And the first one is the benefit of taking care of yourself. Um, I think just since I've been walking solo and even when I was with my partner, it's just really all about what you can do to take care of yourself out here. And I'm, I'm always learning and I think it's extremely highlighted in the long distance hike that if you take care of yourself well, then you're going to feel better just in the long run um, on the through hike. So, I mean, there's the basic things like making sure you drink water and you eat and you put sunscreen on and that you take breaks when you need them. Um, and that's just been a big, a big learning for me with my partner and also being out here solo now has just... Yeah, I've just continually been reminded that it's really all just about taking care of yourself out here. And at least for me, that looks like making sure I take breaks and I'm eating enough food and that I get enough sleep every night and that I call my friends and my family 
and people that I love and love me when I'm, when I have cell phone service, when I'm in a town and, and even in, in the town days, making sure that I, I have like my best interest in mind, that I'm not getting like, um, super drunk or staying up super late or whatever it is. Um, just making sure that I'm, I have like the care for myself and mine. And I hope to take that away. Just always making sure that I'm, I'm meeting a personal need so I can help someone else meet their need. Um, that, that saying that you can't, you can't take care of others until you've taken care of yourself. So I think, you know, the long distance hike has really shown me that like taking care of yourself is really important. Uh, another big learning has just been this, like, I kind of honed it down to three words. It's like consistency, discipline, and routine. And for me, that's really the only way that I've, I've, and my partner and I were able to like do two long trails is just, we kept really consistent. We kept a really consistent routine and we were disciplined. You know, we, we, consistently walked around 20 to 25 miles a day, every full day of hiking that we had. And yeah, we, we set an alarm most every day and we kind of had a schedule and a routine that we fell into. I think that that really helped us be successful, um, on the journey. And I think I just need to remember that when I go back into the just the big crazy world that's just everything is moving so fast and people are driving at 65 miles per hour down the highway and every there's emails flying in my inbox all the time and whatever it might be just having a routine and having like consistent discipline in my life that kind of helps me to complete the things I need to complete and another big learning is just kind of this importance of self-reflection. You know, in the last month that I've been alone, I've had so much time to think about my life and just like what I want and what's important and just having a time and a space to think about those things has been extremely beneficial. And so I, I think I hope to, to incorporate that into my life somehow, not on the trail, you know, making a space where I just can sit and reflect on like what has happened this week or this month or this year. Um, and that's just, yeah, that's just been such an amazing thing for me. Just having time to like reflect on what I want in my life post trail. And I think, you know, one of the biggest learnings that I'm always reminded of and people always talk about, but I think is important to mention is just how, special it is to share memories, experiences, adventures, trips, stories just with someone else. You know, it it was really tough when my partner left the trail and that's okay. And it's just a part of this journey for me, part of this like experience. And, but nothing is going to replace the memories that we made together you know, on the entire Appalachian Trail and basically 2,000 plus miles of the CDT. So I think it's just to distill that one down, it's just doing something with someone else, whoever it is, whether it's your partner or a friend or someone you just met is so special. Um, And I can recognize that those two are kind of like, they're kind of, you know, they're different. Like, 
self-reflection is alone, but then sharing memories with someone else. And I think both of those are important. So just making sure that I, I create the time and the space for those things in my life post-trail. Yeah. I mean, so many lessons and those are only four, only four things that I, you know, that I thought of right now. And I know there's so much more that the trail has taught me and I will continue to learn post-trail. So yeah, you know, got a week left, just about maybe just, you know, seven-ish days south of Silver City. And I'm getting excited. The end is getting close and it's starting to feel very real. And I'm kind of working through those feelings. And yeah, thanks for listening. And I look forward to chatting again with you all. Y'all have a good day. See you later. And that's it for today's show. In our next episode, our trekkers check in during their last week on trail. If you're enjoying the show, we would be very grateful for a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which recently added ratings to their mobile app. This goes a long ways to letting others know about the show. You can ensure you don't miss future episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform. The season's episodes are edited by David Zitney, who can be found at Audio on Instagram. That's it for today's show. Until next time, thanks so much for listening and happy hiking. Thank you.